This episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Molecule. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. For $75 off your first order, visit molekule.com and enter the promo code FOOL75. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It is Friday, August 2nd, and we're talking about a tech stock that is dealing with a huge sell-off. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I've got lead advisor of Motley Fool's Explorer, Simon Erickson, on Skype. Simon, it has been quite some time. Dylan, it is such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for having me on the program today. I don't think we've spoken in a while. And, you know, in preparation for the show, I was thinking back to some episodes that we had done together. And there was one maybe two years ago, three years ago, where I had John Ratanti on and snuck you into the studio to pose as a listener on tour at HQ to ask him a question. Uh, we tried to get him, but that John Ratanti is just too smooth. He, he was, and he took it very well, and I think that I bought him a beer after that for being a good sport about it. <laughs> That's the fool way. You know, we try to get you, but if we can't, you know, we just got to put up our hands and say, job well done. Um, Simon, the reason that I'm having you on today is we are talking about a stock that is fairly heavily followed in the Fool universe, and that's to you. Uh, it's been a fairly rough week for this company. Uh, they reported early. Uh, they reported earnings earlier this week, and while the numbers looking backwards looked okay, looking forwards, the story was not so uh, glowing. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, Dylan, this is one of those We've gotten so used to kind of judging companies on their quarterly earnings, whether they hit or missed the expectations by a penny or two. But 2U sold off on its second quarter results because its market is fundamentally changing. I think that's very interesting, and it's that's kind of what I like to look at as a as a as an investor that's in growth kind of companies. This was definitely a lot going on in that report. Yeah, revenue came in slightly higher than expected. EPS slightly larger losses than the market was expecting. The company did grow the top line at 39% year-over-year, but the stock sold off over 60% after the company reported earnings. And that's the kind of thing where that's not just one quarter's of results that does that to a business. It is when you have a massive shift in what the outlook for a company looks like. We're going to dive into that a little bit later on, but I think before we get there, this is a name some people don't know. Simon, you want to give people a little overview as to who they are, what they do? Yeah, great idea, Dylan. So, so Two U is kind of the leader in, in online education, right? So they they partner up with large universities and they bring their courses to the internet. So if you want to do a grad course or a, or a grad program at say USC or University of North Carolina or anywhere else in the country, but you don't want to pick up your family and move there for the next couple of years, you can do it online. You can get the same degree. You can get all of the same curriculum, uh, the lectures from the professors there and everything else, to you will bring it to you to do over the internet. Um, and you, you pay the same fees. You, you pay the university to get the degree from them. To you takes care of all of the marketing. It's all incremental for the universities, which is great. And they typically sign 10 years agreements, and they give about two-thirds of the total tuition dollars to, to you. So it's kind of a win for students, for the universities, and for the company to you itself. 
And it seems like a business that is at this very wonderful crossroads of education becoming increasingly important, but also this remote idea of both work and education. You know, we've talked about so many businesses on this show that have made remote work or contract work possible. I think there's this increasing comfort, whether it's work or education, with people being remote or doing things online. This company is so well positioned uh, to capitalize on that that I think it's a little surprising to see the uh, brakes being pumped right now. There's a lot of recalibrating our expectations, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about this in a minute, but the the traditional model for 2U, since it was based right on those tuition dollars, was to get as many grad programs in that they could uh, with prestigious universities that could charge a premium of tuition and then capture that two-thirds of those tuition dollars for, for 2U. That was a traditional model. We're seeing that change a little bit right now, though, Dylan. <laughs> so I think one of the themes of this earnings call was the, quote, mainstreaming of online education. Uh, I think that exact string appeared six times during management's comments. What exactly does that mean here, Simon? Right. So, in a nutshell, that means that there's more competition coming online. Uh, 2U was the largest partner of choice for universities because they had these national marketing campaigns that could get people interested in a Harvard business analytics degree or a UNC nursing degree or a MBA from Rice University. I mean, there's a lot of ways they could attract students into those programs and build out some really thorough curriculums for them, too, online. But the mainstreaming piece of this that you see that just kept coming up on the conference call was a lot of user universities don't really need that kind of scale. A lot of them are more regional colleges that are appealing for people that are in the area, or a lot of students kind of already know which colleges they want to go to and what programs they want to be a part of before anyway, so, so they don't really need that outbound marketing anyways. And so the mainstreaming basically just means there's more choices available for students now as online education is becoming uh, a little bit more, more understood and accepted by the, by the students that are wanting to take those, those courses in the first place. This is often what we see when someone has a great idea, right? <laughs> you know, when, when there's something that just makes so much sense, you have this early business that decides to innovate and create that space, and then you have all of this follow-on interest once the business model is proven and once it's accepted, you know, in the case of education, maybe the credentialing uh, and the social stigma is maybe removed. Um, this market is not done growing anytime soon. The estimates that I've seen for online education is that it could grow at a 10% CAGR over the next six to seven years. I think what we're seeing and, and what management's kind of alluding to with this conference call is, yeah, other people have caught on to this growth story and we're not the only player in this space now. That's right. And even Clayton Christensen, who's my investing hero, the father of disruptive innovation, who also taught at Harvard Business School for, for decades now, um, he even said, you know, it's getting harder and harder for students to justify education that costs $100,000 or more of student loans when you get out. That's just really hard. You know, it's hard for companies to pay for those students that are demanding higher starting salaries to pay back their loans. And so you're starting to see more of these online education programs. You're starting to see even other stuff outside of four-year universities, things like accreditations, short courses, boot camps. All of these are kind of popping up, and it's making it more difficult for that traditional model. To your point, Dylan, there's two aspects here. Uh, you said that there's a 10% CAGR over the next six or seven years at the top of, of this, but, but really for a company like 2U or a university that partners with 2U, there's kind of a funnel that determines how well the company's going to do and then also how well its shareholders are going to do. 
at the very, very top of that funnel is the total number of applications. These are the prospective students that are saying, yes, I'm interested in applying to get a degree from, from your university. And we heard from, from two of you that that number was actually lower this quarter than it was in previous quarters. There's more competition now from other schools that are pulling students away from that very, very top of the funnel. And it's getting harder for two of you to convert. And then even the step below that, once you have students that are interested, we've also seen that two use partners are getting more stringent and selective about the admissions that they're letting into their own courses. They want to keep the class sizes smaller so they can offer more personal attention uh, that, that they think that they deserve to give to those students. And so that is also not only the number of students are, are being sought uh, from other universities, but even the universities that, that 2U is partnering with is getting a little bit um, tighter in the number of students that they're letting in too. So both of those, I mean, I, I love 2U. Don't get me wrong. I've been a shareholder for years and have personally interviewed Chip, but um, Chip Pasek, their CEO. But I think that when you look at this, the reason that the stock sold off so significantly isn't necessarily because backwards earnings were bad. They would look like they were fine. But going forward, the inputs that are going into the models of those price targets that Wall Street analysts are creating and publishing out there, you've now got a smaller number of students um, going into each one of those programs and a more selective number of students that are that are admitted into each one of those courses within the program, I think that's pretty hard uh, to make the same case as before. And that's why we saw the, the stock sell off so dramatically. Yeah, Simon, so often with tech stocks in particular, because the businesses scale so well, you know, the story early on is we're going after total addressable market. We're going to be worrying about profitability later. And so long as you continue to have that top line growth, that customer acquisition, People are happy to wait for the actual bottom line to start growing. It seems like, uh, based on what management has said, they are ready to start making the switch from a TAM story for 2U to one that is much more free cash flow and profitability oriented. Yeah, absolutely. They said it directly even in, in the conference call themselves, that they were going to adjust the velocity of new program launches to support profitability and positive free cash flow. So what that translates to is we have to be more careful about the new partners we bring in, right? We have to be upfront about we need to have this many students per course or you know we need to have this many people admitted into your program for this to make economic sense for us to put the work we're going to put in for the marketing of your program, for building the curriculum, for all the infrastructure, for the IT stuff to get this up and running. Uh, the current path that they had in all points up until now is not sustainable and they're going to have to change their strategy. Yeah, and and when the story has been growth for a long time, the market's going to punish anything that interrupts that growth. Uh, Simon, we're going to talk a little bit about what investors should make all of this, and a couple other pull quotes that you had from the conference call over on the back half of the show. Before we get over there, though, this episode of Industry Focus is brought to you by Molecule. Molecule is reimagining the future of clean air, starting with the air purifier. Molecule has introduced a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. The technology has been personally effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Molecule has given allergy and asthma sufferers around the country an all-new experience. The company replaces technology from nearly a century ago. The HEPA filter technology that's been used to clean your air was developed in the 1940s, and there haven't really been any major innovations since. 
Molecule has created a new filtration system that doesn't just collect pollutants on an antiquated filter, but destroys them on a molecular level. They brought the Molecule purifiers around Full HQ so the analysts could check them out. One of our analysts, Jim Mueller, took it home for the night and wound up buying two later that week. They are just that good. For $75 off your first order, visit molekule.com and enter the promo code FOOL75. That's molekule.com and the promo code FOOL75. Um, Simon, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show was as I was kind of combing through ideas for the week, I was on Twitter and I saw this thread that you had put together breaking down some of the most important quotes from the management call because it's impossible for this not to be the story. You know, this needs to be the story this week. Anytime a, anytime a stock sells off 60%, we're going to be following it. We've mentioned some of those quotes already. I want to at least focus on one more and just get some of your commentary and, and kind of what you make of it. Um, let's start with, I'm not ready to tell you how many programs we will do as it's still a work in progress, but I expect it to be substantially fewer than 21, probably less than half of that. Simon, when you hear that, what does it say to you? Yeah, gosh, you know, when 2U was targeting 21 new programs, new graduate school partners in the year 2020, and now their CEO is coming out and saying, hey, we're probably going to have less than half of that. Just like you said earlier, Dylan, that is a resetting of expectations, not only for the company, but for all of the investors that thought we were in growth mode and we were going out and bringing in new, new partners, we were bringing in new tuition dollars, new students. I mean, to, to drop that down less than half, that kind of shows that the old model isn't going to work anymore. And we've got to kind of recalibrate what we're expecting uh, going forward. I, I think that, you know, when you read between the lines of what that's saying, you know, yes, there is just in terms of numbers, okay, now it's from 21 to, to 10, but if you have to have a, a certain threshold to justify working with university partners, 2 already tapped a lot of the larger programs out there. They're already in the UCs, the UNCs, the University of Southern California's. You know, there's a limited number of the large programs that can support that ad spend and the infrastructure work. So now it's a new game of getting smaller schools on board and or offering different offerings. It's going to be a, a, a whole new frontier for 2 going forward. I think that right there is one of the reasons why it's so important to look at the customer base that someone that offers a tech platform, a software system, whatever has. You know, so often we look at customer concentration, and within that, it's really important to understand, okay, out there in the field, all of the potential customers, how many of those big fish already exist for this business? How many of them are already under their hood? Uh, if it's a lot of them, then a lot of the growth is going to be coming from smaller players. That's fine, um, but you need to be making more from the big fish as well. You can do that if you have more students coming in the door. It doesn't sound like that's happening, though, Simon. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you know, they're they're already working with about fifty grad programs and about they've got actually some other things too that they're offering too, which has been kind of the pivot that the company has proactively been taking, which is these short courses and these kind of lifelong learning courses. Um, these are the things that where if you're going to a, a full four-year university, you might rack up over those four years $100,000 or more of tuition dollars, which sometimes goes directly to student loans. Uh, but there are other options for if you're wanting to continue your education, you don't have to go all in for a, for a, for a graduate program. There are other things now that are offered, like these short courses, which can cost between one to $5,000. This is something like if you wanted to get accredited for the Harvard Business Analytics Program, which is the first one that two you offered, you could now have that as a differentiating factor for your resume as you're applying for a different job. 
And then something else that we've started to see is these things that are called kind of boot camps. These are things that if you want to get a skill set in coding or in uh, doing the UI for a website or doing cybersecurity and stuff like that, you might not need to go to a to a full course, you know, university that's that's having you take a lot of other courses too that aren't directly applicable to what you want to do. You might want to be more focused on a select skill set. And so for ten dollars to $20,000, you can often do a lot of these boot camps. 2U has done a pretty good job of getting ahead of this trend um, with acquisitions that they've, make, that they've made to, to really build out kind of this career, lifelong learning capabilities. Um, taking a step back and kind of not just looking at this quarter, but looking at this company now, Simon, you mentioned that you're a shareholder. Um, I am not a shareholder, but I know that a lot of people that listen to the show, a lot of people that follow The Fool, um, know about this company, may own this company. What do you make of it? You know, seeing this huge sell-off, and then you know, you take a little bit of a further lens out. Uh, there are some people who probably have a cost basis around $80, $90 for the stock. It's, it's now trading around 13 bucks. How are you feeling? Well, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I mean, anyone who's who's feeling it lately, I, I'm I'm a long-term shareholder too that has a much much higher cost basis than the shares are trading at today. Uh, I'm holding on. I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna see what the company has to say in their investor day in uh, in November. I do have a lot of faith in Chip Palsik as their CEO. I think he's very visionary and kind of sees these trends developing out there. But it, it, what do I make of it? I mean, I think that the the biggest takeaway is that the old model of going for these exclusive partnerships with these large universities where there was prestige and you were able to afford a very high tuition price point, um, those days are done. I, I think that now the new game is going to be, uh, and, and certainly to use acquisitions of both Get Smarter in, uh, in 2017 and then of Trilogy just recently, um, f- which gave them kind of the exposure to the short courses and then also those boot camps. They're, they're, they're telling everybody, hey, we're a leader in this space. We see the industry changing we're investing in our company to take advantage of those things. Uh, the one thing that I think are, that might be the best news for shareholders is that they actually did make a really good acquisition with Get Smarter in 2017. This is a company they paid $103 million for back in May 2017. Within two years, Dylan, they had quadrupled that segment's revenue and already made it earnings accretive. So for shareholders, that's the kind of things that you want to see where you're getting ahead of the trend, you're investing in something, and then you're actually... Um, letting the the rubber hit the road and making money off of it for your shareholders. Now, Trilogy was a $750 million acquisition recently. And that's seven times larger than it was for Get Smarter, what they paid for Get Smarter. And this is now these boot camps, higher price point. We're not at $100,000 for four years at a university like that, but this is something that you might pay $20,000 to get differentiated uh, recognition for. They, If they can continue to grow the number of schools that they're working with, land and expand to offer these kind of continual learning options and still make the, the EBITDA margins that you want to see as a shareholder, there is still faith. Uh, this is definitely not a dead thesis. This is a company that still has a lot of potential out there. It's just that there's a lot more question marks now because we haven't proven this and it wasn't the two you of the past that we knew and that was scaling uh, at those large universities. So I, I think there's still a lot to like. Uh, I'm Like I said, I'm going to hold on to my personal shares as a disclaimer, but there's going to be a, a lot more changes coming in the next couple of years, that's for sure. I guess if there is a cherry on top of this whole situation, it's that we got to have a nice conversation, Simon. It's been a while, and it was great to chat with you. Hopefully, we can get you back on the show again soon. It was a sure pleasure <laughs> on my end. Thanks for having me, Dylan. All right, listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. 
If you have any questions or you want to reach out and say hey, you can shoot us an email over at industryfocus at fool.com or you can tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you want more of our stuff, subscribe on iTunes or you can catch videos from the podcast over on YouTube. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for all his work behind the glass today. For Simon Erickson, I am Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.